It's great to see you, sir. Thank you. I've been saying that there has been international witchcraft trying to stop this conversation from happening. Because you are dealing with international personality today. Yes, that's the that's so that's why we have that. We got that miracle. Um, quickly, for those who don't know, I think everybody here most likely knows you, but you are the senior pastor of the Embassy of the Blessed Kingdom of God for All Nations, based in Kiev, Ukraine. Um, but you know. Many Nigerians know you as a person who started saying long ago some of the things that we have been hearing um, pastors saying in the past few years. You know, you've been saying some of these things for years. People have called you a table shaker, troublemaker. <laughs> They've called you everything. But right now we see an explosion of people who have been repeating some of the things that you've been saying for so long. What do you think is happening? Why do you think that we have so many pastors, Christians, who are finally aggressively questioning dogma, aggressively questioning some of the authorities of the faith in Nigeria, and finally asking these questions? Well, because somebody has broken the eyes, because somebody has gone ahead. And um, first of all, thank you very much, Jude, for inviting me. Uh, for, because I've been out of Nigeria for 35 years. I didn't really know who Jude is until I saw the, your interview with, the, with the, uh, the wife of one of the singers. And uh, yes, uh, the scandal in Nigeria. So, so that introduced me to you and thank you that uh, you invited me today. So why is, it, why is it that people started to talk? Because the, the the, the sphere that has been created by the religious leaders in Nigeria. Can you hear me? Is the volume okay? I hear you now, religious okay. leaders. Okay, yeah. The fear that has been created by them is a grip. The religious leaders and religion in particular has a grip over the people in Nigeria. They had the whole population of Nigeria, even the unbelievers, they have them under their grip. They are touched, not my anointed. If you touch my anointed or if you do anything, something will happen to you, you will die. So I, I, I know that somebody needed to break that ice. Somebody needed to come out and break the jinx of fear. So I think one of the most important things that I've done by the grace of God is to have broken that jinx of fear that nothing will happen to you. Papa Adeboye, they call him. Maybe you don't like it in your program for names to be mentioned, but I'm the one mentioning, not you. You don't need to mention it. I will mention it. <laughs> I'm just listening. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're just listening. So when I started calling out Bishop uh, Pastor Adeboye and showed his video, he went to his church, called together pastors' meeting, put off the videos, and said he needed 40 pastors to go with him to the mountain to pray for 40 days. No, 200 pastors for 40 days. Then they prayed and so, so silenced me and the, that the phrase. Well, the prayer, had, that one happened two years ago, three years ago. And I'm not silent, my guy. I'm not silent. Another group of pastors, they wrote to me personally and they showed it on television. And I mean, on live broadcast on Facebook that they were fasting and praying for 90 days. So that I would not bring the church, I would not touch the leaders in Nigerian church. After 19 days prayer and fasting, nothing happened. So I'm sure that people have waited <laughs> to see what is the consequence of this man's action. What will yes, happen to him? Yes, yes, yes. Uh -huh. 
Since nothing yes. happened, I think people became emboldened. That fear, that you know, power of fear that had been holding our people down has now been broken. A lot of people have been talking. Another reason, there is another reason though why people have been talking. Uh, you know, a lot of people have been saying this, thing, not just me, oh. a lot of people have been saying this, like people like Bile Akane, great man. He's been standing for integrity, for what is right. You know, I know him and, you know, great guy. But also, people like Pastor Kumuyi has been saying some of these things, and other people have been saying, and other people that I know, Abraham Olaleye, even Pastor Samadiyemi has been saying some of these things. But when I used to talk to them about it, uh, I used to talk to them one-on-one. Uh, on one. But the reason I came out, I, know, I knew that even though I've been talking about this for 20 years, one-on-one, on one, nobody paid any attention because they were hoping it would never go public. As long as the crowd doesn't know, don't know what's going on, they don't really care for what I'm saying. They will be listening to me and they just keep on doing what they are doing. The same thing, they've been listening to Gwinle Akane and they just keep on doing what they're doing. They just ostracize him, put him there in his boko and they just keep on doing what they are doing. Now, now people condemn me mainly for my style. And they say they agree with what I'm saying, but they don't agree with my strategy and my style. So what is my style that they disagree with? Calling out names and bringing out video to prove what I'm saying? And that's exactly the main thing they don't like is exactly the most effective weapon. If not for that weapon, I've been talking for 15 years. Only five years ago, I no, three, four years ago, I started bringing out videos and mentioning names. But for 15 years, nobody's did, nobody noticed anything. They didn't even know I was talking. They only knew I was the big pastor of the biggest church in Europe. They didn't know anything about me. And they didn't I think anything that. was yes. Yeah, they didn't even think anything was wrong in Nigeria. But what they don't like, the reason Satan, just like this program, Satan didn't want it to come. The reason why Satan doesn't like what I'm doing is the style. And that is the style that will make it work. And since that style has been very confrontational and has been very blatant, so people could see that this man is not like, you know, I said, okay, you can say any evil thing you want about me. You can assassinate my character, but my proofs and evidences that I'm bringing out cannot be disputed. Especially, I'm, I, I am not in Nigeria. I've not been in Nigeria in 10 years, 12 years. And, and uh, the videos that I use are your own video. You took the video yourself. You put them out in the internet. You promoted them. You shot them. So I use those same videos and compare with the Bible. And then people, you see that it's clear. So why should you be afraid of your own video? If it's the truth. If it's the truth, nobody can contradict it. Contradict it. But if I'm able to prove from your own video materials that what you've been doing has been evil. We don't have church in Nigeria. What we have in Nigeria are slave camps. We have exceptions. And we have remnants like Adeyemi, Olaleye, and Wale, Adefarasi, and Co. But the major churches that people go to, they have slave camps where the pastor or the geo is the slave owner. And is holding the people as captives because they cannot question. Anywhere you are, where you cannot question the leader and the authority, you are a slave. And the, the only thing you do is to come down sit down, come and we go and work from Monday to Friday, then bring your salary on Sunday. 
and then they would have not even happy with the 10% of your salary. They would keep come, up, keep come up with some schemes. Faith offering. What is faith offering? Show me in the Bible. Prophetic offering. What is that? What is that wrong? Show me in the Bible. Me in the Bible. Even time and offering is not supposed to be meant for you to do your own thing. Building university, building houses, building living large is supposed to be meant for the poorest members of the church. If you are not using your tithe and offerings for the poorest members of your church, you are not a church, you are a cult and a slave camp. You are exploiting people. You are not in the, having the interest of the people at heart. So that's basically... Uh, the reason why people have now seen that some of these things cannot be disputed. Mm, mm. I love that. You know, it's so true that you said this because I first, I mean, I've known of you. I mean, the New York Times did that big article barely, barely, you know, less than a decade ago about your church, you know. And so the world knows you. And there are two points you made that are so true. One is that Nigerians loved you when you were just, you know, we're proud of you. You know, you were... The New York Times talking about you, the Washington Post, you know, you are a star across the world. They're like, oh, yeah, that's our, that's our son. Um, and, but we're not listening to what you, whatever you were teaching at the time. So people didn't know that you were, that your style was this confrontational style. Then when they began to hear it, they're like, ah, 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 no, that, you know, we like you, but don't be like, and also that's not how we see our big men. Our big men, in quote, and our big pastors don't speak out, you know, don't, they don't confront, they, com they manage, they engage, they com you know, that's one. Two, I remember three years ago when I first heard about you, and I was also going through my own journey in my faith, the first thing I did was to go on YouTube to find out if your church was still full. That was the first thing, because my fear was that a person who is speaking like this, I had been taught in the church, that a person who speaks against men of God will begin to face a decline. So when instead of listening to what you were saying, my first thing was, please go and check whether, you know, they, they have not stopped praying again. So when you say that, I understand that deeply. You are not just, you're not just talking. I understand that deeply. And the only reason I began to listen, this was four years ago, you know, I was in my own journey. But because I said, okay, okay, if people are still in this church, that means that God is not punishing him. That means that there's something that he's saying that makes sense. So that fear is real. You know, because... But do you know there are people right now in Nigeria because some of the GOs are spreading lies that believe that I don't even have a church again. Some of them even believe I'm divorced with my wife. Some all kind of rumors to assassinate my character. I said, do that. I don't care. I'm even ready to offer myself. Kill me. Do anything you want to me. But the truth that I'm bringing, try to contradict that. Mm, mm. Absolutely. What are people who say that when you call out people by name, that there is no love in that? That the problem that they have with the style is not the confrontation. It's like, you know, I think Apostle Paul talks about charity. And people say, you know, call out one another with love, you know. And people say the reason why they're uncomfortable is because they don't see the love and the charity in your calling out these pastors. What do you say to that? Beautiful question. If they accuse me of lack of love just because I call people by name, then Jesus our Lord and Savior lacks love. He didn't just call the Pharisees and the Sadducees by their names. He called them brooks of vipers. He called them horrible names. He called them sepulchre, smelling sepulchre. You just need to go and read Matthew chapter 23. They in Nigeria that are trying to manage things and try to just put things under the table, they are the ones who don't know love. 
because that is not Christ, uh, Christ, Christ style, and that is not Christ's example. If they are, if you are going to just look at the Bible, not the way you are taught, but the way it is written, you will discover that I am more Christ-like. I am following. I mean, Christ was a revolutionary. Can you imagine me right now, not just calling out name, but taking a whip and walking into Winner's Chapel and begin to whip, whip everybody, oh, Yedeku and all their, their children, and begin to beat them. Jesus did that. And you didn't say, people wouldn't say he doesn't have love. If Jesus doesn't have love, then who has? Then look, look at the epistles, read through the epistles. You will see that Paul he spoke about uh, Alexander, Alexander the um, uh, Goldsmith or whatever. He spoke about Demetrius. He spoke about all the people who betrayed him. He called people out by name. So, it is Nigerian Christianity. This is Niger the way Nigeria has fashioned their own Christianity to suit their culture. In Nigeria, Christianity has bowed down to the culture, especially to Yoruba culture. And people who are coming from Yoruba language, the, 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 the most important thing, in, I mean, who are coming from Yoruba culture, the most important thing in Yoruba culture is respect. But what they call respect is mostly, um, is mostly subservience. Uh -huh. And so, if you are senior or you have a position, you just did that. You, 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 they will just worship you, or they must, you know, play to to gratify you one way or the other. But that is not the Bible. In the Bible, it is not the authority of man that matters. It is the authority of truth that matters. As long as the as a man, no matter who he is, contravents the truth. That authority goes under and the truth comes above. So, but in Nigeria, the true authority of men has become the truth. Instead of the truth becoming the authority for all men. And until we repair that, until we correct that, it's the same thing in our society. Because it is on that basis of truth that the rule of law is, is, is established in Europe. The rule of law was based on the fact that the truth is non-circumvent, non-circumvention. So it means that it is above everything. It's above the law. It's above every truth must be above individuals. If truth is not above any individual, it means any individual could come who has authority, who has influence, who has money, who has position, who has anything, and just condemn the truth and put down the truth, sub uh, subservient the truth, and another, the truth will not, not have position. Another authority will come and put its own truth. Another one will come and put its own truth. So that is why Jesus said, I have come to bear witness to the truth. And this is the reason that I have come. Truth is above all. Truth must be must supersede authority. So until we make sure that in our society, not just in the church, but even in the culture, that truth should be superior to human authority, we will never have order. Because when there is no, nothing that is, is the standard, that is the ceiling, that the, this is the truth here, everything bows before it, there will be no standard, there will be no measurement. So everything will just be chaotic. The reason why we are chaotic politically and uh, as a nation is because we don't, we don't, we have not established truth or law as the supreme authority. So in Christianity, people in Nigerian Christianity, people don't know this that the supreme authority is the truth. 
Just like in the interview you did with that other uh, lady, I mean, I came out to support the lady because I believed her. But my friends, some people, or my some of my old friends say, why should you? This man is a respected man. A man because God. somebody is a man of God or a respected man doesn't mean that I have to take his position. What? Do, where do you get that from? It doesn't make sense. Yes. Tr truth should be supreme. There should be the supremacy of the truth in all situations. Even if it is me that I've done something wrong, I must submit myself to the truth. For example, one day, Pastor Adeboye came out and said that uh, if you don't pay your tithe, you will not go to heaven. So what about redemption? It means Jesus was wrong. He preached the wrong gospel. It means the blood of Jesus doesn't matter. I only need to give my tithe. It means the cross is unnecessary. It means, uh, you know, life living, only life is unnecessary. I only need to pay my tithe. That's the gospel of mammon. It's not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when I came out and I challenged Pastor Adeboy about that, and I said, no, no, no. The supremacy of the gospel it supersedes the tithes and money. My pastor's friends and people were calling me on Nigeria and said, ah, it means God revealed to him. No, no. God cannot reveal to him something that is against his, 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 the word of God. He said, well, it means I asked a revelation. No, no, no. All of you are supposed to be talking. You are supposed to be talking that the gospel is the gospel. Tithe is something else. But in Nigeria, they would rather keep... In fact, they were blaming me. Some people even unfriended me for calling out Adeboye. I said, but I'm on the side of truth. One on the side of truth is a majority. One on the side of truth is on the side of God. And I don't care who is against what me. I don't care how many people are against. As long as I know that the truth is for me. Because once I am on the side of truth, I can walk through the troops. Once I am on the side of truth, I can climb through the walls. Once I am on the side of truth, I can tear open the mouth of lions. Because it is the truth that is supreme. And we need to prove this to our people. We need to let them know truth is superior to everything. And is superior to every human authority. So it doesn't really matter how many people disagree with what I'm doing. As long as he who is the truth is on my side. As long as he, who is the truth, agrees with what I'm doing. Once he agrees with what I'm doing, I care less how many people disagree with what I'm doing. I am on the side of truth, and here I stand. And like Isaac Newton said, that upon, I mean, uh, 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 Plato is my friend, Socrates, Socrates is my friend, Plato is my friend, but the truth is my greatest friend. Say so, say I today as well. And, and all people, I have a lot of friends I used to be very good friends with, or son, maybe you could say, with uh, Adeboye, with Oyedepo. They have all hosted me in their house, I've preached in their churches. But when it comes to the truth, that's a dividing line. Right. Okay, I want to ask, people often ask me, but I want to ask it in a nuanced way. Well, what I think is a nuanced way. People say, People will now say to you, but, but Jesus Christ said, judge not, lest you be judged. But I want to ask that by just opposing, because you know when people joke these days, I say somebody called out somebody, they was shade. I'm like, you know, uh, Paul the Apostle was the king of calling out people. You know, Paul the Apostle will call out Peter, he will call out this church, like how many times, how can somebody have come to preach another gospel to you and all of that. So, but as a teacher of the word, how do you reconcile Jesus saying, do not judge? 
which in fact is what you, we can say that you are doing when you call out these pastors, with the tradition of the apostles in judging each other and others. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. And you have started it. You've made the right. In Galatians, we saw Paul, who was a junior apostle, Yes. Just like I have a junior apostle right now to Bishop Adepo and all the rest of them. Who was a junior apostle, but when he saw his senior apostle, Paul, I mean Peter, go against the principles of the truth. He had a stand. And he called him out by his name. Yes. He challenged him and called him out by his name. And he said, if anybody, in that same place, he said, if anybody will preach anything against this truth that we are preaching, let him be an anathema. And let me be accursed. If anybody, even if angels come, don't just call them out. You need to confront them and you need to even make them, give them out to be caused. Because it's against the truth. These are apostles among themselves. But besides that, in first in first. Uh, is it? Yeah, First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse twenty-nine. The Bible says, "When uh, one, he said, when you prophesy, prophesy one or two, and when anybody is prophesying, which means they always use the word prophesy uh, as synonymous to teaching. When any one of you is teaching on the stage, he says, let others." Who are seated in the auditorium? Judge. 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 Go and check it out. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29. Yes, 29. So let all the people. So what he's trying to tell us is that don't just be a dummy. Don't be a dummy in the church. Don't suspend your mind when you come to church. Be like the Berean Christians. And the Berean Christians, that's exactly what made them famous. They were famous for judging the word that was preached to them. And who was preaching it to them? Not just some pastors or geos somewhere. These were apostles <laughs> preaching to them. And they were judging them. And God placed them in the Bible as a record. And praised them for it. Because he said that is the order. When somebody is speaking on the pulpit, you that are seated, judge. If the, what they are saying is in line with what you have been taught or not. And if there are angels that will come to teach you any other fundamental truth against these things, let them be a cause. Condemn them. Then if you, if you, if you also read Ephesians chapter 5, the, the Bible says there that don't be a partaker in the works of darkness. But call them out. Expose them. Expose them. Now, then somebody, some people are telling me, okay, what about our culture? Yoruba culture and Nigerian culture, you don't call out elders. I said, good. But let's look at the Bible culture. In Bible culture, in First Timothy chapter 5, it says, don't, do not correct an elder. You know, do not correct an elder. But in the presence of two or three of others. So that others might learn. So that is exactly the reason why I'm correcting these elders in public. So that all that's my learn. Don't correct them anyhow in your in your you know in secret or something like that. Don't attack them. But if you want to do it, do it in public, in the presence of others, so that other my learn. 
I am doing my things according to the scripture. I, you know, and I'm not a small boy in that sense as a gospel minister. I've been, I've been saved for 35 years now and I have never been, thank God, discipled in Nigerian church. I was saved I was, and I was only in Nigerian church for six, six months and I left. So I've only read Bible the way God taught me because I went to communism and in the back, and the, uh, the back of communism, there was no church, nothing. So I was trained to read the Bible, not from interpretation of men, but fresh from how it is written. Mm, mm, mm. Is it possible that so first I want to ask I just wanted to ask you this question. You know, in, in, in Europe, churches are empty are supposedly empty in Western East, you know. But um how what is the thing, what is the message that you are sharing that is because you are not doing you're not you are not you are not doing the revival crusade, you're not doing healing crusade, you are not saying if you've sold ten naira, you will get twenty naira. You are not, you know, none of those tactics that we have seen in Nigerian Pentecostal ministry. I went and spent some time just trying to find something, Sha. You know, they were not doing any of it. We are not saying once you come, as I lay hands on you. None of those things. But here, yeah, these people in a society that is, that is, that is, that is largely functional, you know, that where citizens have often held their governments accountable, they keep coming into that church. Now, when you talk to pastors in Nigeria here, they say, eh, where some of my friends who are pastors, they say, you know, some of these things, it's not as if they are really, well, let me not, let me not misquote. So they say some of these things are necessary to bring people into the church. Now, you in a society where people are not even going to church, don't do those things, but manage to get people into the church. What are you doing differently that's leading people into the church without any of these gimmicks? I can see why you are a famous journalist. You are very smart. <laughs> very smart. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, number one, in Europe, you cannot be if you just depend on the speculatives and the sensationalism. Right. You know, in America, you could still be because you have a mixture of black people there, something like that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what has killed Nigerian church is mm -hmm. the departure from the gospel into preaching what is called health and wealth gospel or prosperity mm -hmm. A word of faith gospel. Word of mm. faith is what has killed Nigerian Christianity. Mm. Word of mm. faith movement that came from America, Kenneth Hagin. Mm. Now, Kenneth Hagin was good in total some extent, but he, what they didn't understand him. What he did was that he was preaching what God gave him faith. But mm. our people went and ad ad adopt, uh, adopted adopted the old gospel. No, that's just one little topic in the entire gospel. But mm. we had the gospel before they came. But once mm. they came, our people just abandoned everything they had before. They wanted mm. quick result and quick fix. So what mm. am I preaching? So if, if you, you follow, look through Europe. You will not see one church that is preaching mm. those things. That is mm. what of mm. health and wealth that is successful. Right. If you are going to be promising people health, 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 I mean, they will think you already you have. You already have it and they have medical services. And if you are going to call it them work, work, they will just think you are foolish. How will I not? What did I do to, to, to earn that? What did I do to, to qualify? I mean, what is it? It's not logical for them. So it's Europeans, not logical. People, Europeans have learned to think. They are very thinking. They are very critical people. So mm -hmm. when you listen to my teaching and my presentations, I'm always making point, logical points. Mm -hmm. Always proving. 
and argumenting. Uh, you know, but before this, I had to learn the hard way. When I mm. came, I was in Nigeria six months. I got saved there. And by, by the time I came, I was preaching like in Nigeria. For four years, I couldn't get one, one, one black person, I mean, one white person saved. For yeah. four, four years, I could only get yeah. black. Then I mm. discovered that here, they don't want your sensationalism and emotion. They want your logic. Mm. They want your mm. argument. It has to be backed. Mm. You know, they are used to risk. They are used, they have been taught from their primary school, secondary school, what is called critical thinking, analytical mm -hmm. thinking. They have to question everything. So if mm -hmm. there is one question that you cannot answer, you know, forget about it. And also, mm -hmm. don't come to them with some, you know, miraculous claims that they cannot see. Clarify, the, clarify it. Because they know and they have been taught that life is based on cause and effect. So it's like, mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's just like Chris or Yakilome coming on TV and telling people, you know, you have miracle money without doing anything. <laughs> and Nigerians are believing. And then he's, he's the one that is telling people they will have miracle money. He's still asking for offering. So why don't you do miracle <laughs> Why don't you do miracle money for yourself? <laughs> oh, you're oh, 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 teaching that uh he's been blessed he's been anointed or something or called to bring to yeah. make people so why are you collecting offering i mean you just make them rich now <laughs> so why do you need my money again nah, are you greedy yeah. are, you, are you evil if you are ready <laughs> to make us rich why is that is, that, is it that, that connect every sunday in a collection with the sea we are not seeing any distribution anywhere <laughs> so how is distribution so those things will only sell in yeah. places where people don't think mm. and where people mm. have been taught to just obey authority. Mm. Where truth has not been realized. Where there is no authority of the truth. And when mm. there is authority of the truth, everything becomes authority. Mm. Everything, and every authority becomes their truth. So because of that, uh, our, that's why he's selling over there. But here, mm. in, <laughs> you you have to do your research very well. You mm. have to, you know, you have to show that you are qualified for them to even listen to you in the first place. Mm. 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 Now, you might see one or two white people there sometimes, but that maybe because they are desperate or they are poor or they got they need some, some some intervention or something. But those are just exceptions. But you will not yes. have maybe yeah, yeah large scale. Mm. And, so what do I preach? Number one. When I started our church, I, I went and fasted for six months, eating only once a day. And I was thinking, when I come, when I when this when I come like this, I will become a miracle worker. But when the when the pews are empty and the, the nobody is there, what will you do miracle? Do? Maybe we could convert the pews. And the shares to human beings that miracle now. It was, it was a failed effort. Then I was, I was so angry and I was saying, God, I, I, this is the formula I had now that if you pray and fast, six months, no food, only yes. once a day. And now no, ah, people do, are not even here, no talk less of doing miracles. And if they want to get miracles, they don't come back the next day. So I was so frustrated. I said, but what is my problem? 
And after, one day I said, I will not sleep today until you speak to me. So God spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> Showed me that there was a, there is a scripture in Mark where it says, and the poor people felt welcomed by him. I said, I never saw this one before. Jesus created an environment where the most desperate, destitute, poor, rejected, mm -hmm. downcast, mm -hmm. outcast, felt mm -hmm. welcome by him. Mm -hmm. Then he told me, go and remove that your tie and your, sh your jacket. He said, because that is not meaning. Suit, eloquence, pulpit mm -hmm. is not meaning. Preaching mm -hmm. is not ministry. Bible carrying is not ministry. You know, miracle doing is not ministry at all. Ah. Mm -hmm. Then you have just stripped me naked, God. <laughs> so what then is ministry? Yes. <laughs> we have nothing. What then is ministry? Yes. I heard clearly. Ministry is your ability to make every person experience or feel the love of God. Mm. Go and touch people with God's touch of love. Go and mm. just give God's touch of love. That's your only, that's your only mission. Let mm. people give God's touch of love. Now, for, that, for them to feel that touch of love, if necessary, to preach to them, if that teaching and that preaching would make them to feel that love. So those people who say, I don't have love, they don't know that the biggest expression of love that I could give mm -hmm. to the Nigerians is to tell them mm -hmm. the truth. Because I'm sure that all those people didn't even know. Maybe they didn't, they were not aware that they were wrong. Yes, yes. Expression of love. Mm -hmm. And so, but make them, if, if, if you need to hug people to feel, not your own touch of love, but God's touch of God's love. touch of love. If you need to uh, heal people, for them to feel God's touch of love, go and do it. If you need to mm -hmm. preach the gospel, to make them anything, if you need to stand on your knees, no preach, mm -hmm. no just to make them feel the touch of God's love, that's what you mm -hmm. do. So, your mm -hmm. whole life focus, not on what suit you wear, not on the pulpit, not how many people you have, just everybody. Mm -hmm. By the time they encounter you, they must, mm -hmm. that of God's love must be left with them. So he showed, mm. that, you know, in Matthew 25, that's why Jesus said, I was hungry. I was naked. Yes. It's all about God's love. Yeah. When, when, the, when, the, when the lawyer came to, yeah, when the lawyer came to Jesus and said, how can I inherit the kingdom of God in Luke mm. chapter 10? He told him, I'll go and mm. love your neighbor as yourself. That mm. one said, ah, my neighbor, who is my neighbor? Mm. I will tell you a story. He mm. told the story of the good Samaritan. Mm. He said, mm. "Not to bury eternal life. Go mm. and do this, and you shall live eternally." Mm. Mm. So it's not we in Nigeria. The gospel we preach in Nigeria is this: mm. receive the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. How, what does that mean to our people? Is confess. You know, just repeat after me. He said, yeah. "Jesus, if you are Jesus said, "No." For you to live eternally, go and live by love. Go and do this, and you shall live. Because mm. the question was specific. What will I do to inherit the kingdom of God? He said, go and do this. Then in Matthew chapter 25, where it mm. says, 
I was naked, I was hungry, I was this. He said the ones who didn't feed him, who didn't clothe him, who didn't visit him, he said he sent them to hell, to darkness, where there is natural feed. Mm, mm. Even though, in the case of Good Samaritan, the priest was there. So mm. that's to say a pastor, and he will not live eternally. Mm. The Levite was there, passed by. He will not live eternally. So these are people who are born again. Levite is their praise mm. and worship. Yes. So these yes. are people who are born again. The, 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 the priest is the one like a Jew today. They mm. will not live eternally. Why? But the one that didn't do pray, prayer or confession and you know ministry in church, this in church, is the one who will live eternally. Because he discovered not just confession, but mm. practice. Mm. Mm. People say, I've received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I mm. want to see it. I don't want to know what to repeat. Just it. Yes. yes. See, see, see it in your life. Me. I want to see Christ in you. Mm. I want to see if you cannot imbibe. I don't believe people are born again if you cannot reveal Christ. I mean, there's no mm. way you are born again where I'm not mm. seeing it. Seeing Christ must become flesh in you for you to see mm. you are born again. Mm. Mm. So mm. that's mm. so after the Lord showed that to me, I removed my suit. I there was a lady that had come to me before then and said her name was Natasha. I said, Natasha what? She said, Natasha Alcoholic. I said, how could you be Natasha Alcoholic? Is that your last name? I never heard your last name before. She said, no, my last name is not that. It's just that is who I am. Ah. After that, when God told me that, I went to look for her very fast. Because when she told me she's Natasha Alcoholic, I was crying that God. I said, I fasted for this 19, for these six months. And I was thinking I'm going to bring my people to church. The one that came, she said she's alcoholic. That's so I was saying, God, what a disappointment. But now I <laughs> so God wanted this to feel God's touch of love through me. And I was mm. engineers, students, teachers, doctors, and things. So I quickly ran to her. I started loving Naomi. She didn't know what happened to me. I said, please, one request to you. What request? Do you know where all the alcoholics are? And uh, drug addicts. She said yes. I said please. So I, I left all that I rented. I started going to um, to wash their mm. wounds, to cut their hair, to care for them and make anything they needed to feel God's touch of love. We started mm. caring. We started bringing them in. We started cleaning them. In one year after doing that, all their relatives who have given up on them Mm. discovering that their children are out there. They started seeing them clean. You know, drugs, no alcoholism. It is that love. They just, I just, once I show that love, I don't even need to pray for deliverance. Mm. Just, just name. The deliverance. People just get set free. Mm. Alcoholism just lives. Dreams of mm. drug Today, that is the tradition. We don't pray mm. twice. Once we discover that touch of love and we're able to manifest mm. it, Mm. Well, we've up to now we've had over 40,000 people delivered like that from drug and alcoholic addiction mm. so, so that, uh, God, the lesson God was teaching me is that if you could touch me with love mm. me with that you'll be able to trust me with any other any. Of, of, of his resources so number one basis of our ministry is that love
Number yes. two ministry is justice. 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 You see, when Jesus was speaking in um, Matthew 23, he said, you mm. people, you, you, you stop giving help to your mother and father because you say you are giving to no tithe, no friend. He said, yes, you can give tithe. I mean, he said, he didn't say yes, you can give He said, but you are forgotten the weightier matters. Things in the weightier matters. Things before God. This is Jesus talking about the author and finisher of our faith. He mentioned three things that are the weightier matters in the eyes of God Almighty. Yes. And his own eyes. He said, love, which he said, loving kindness, which you really love. He said, justice. He said, truth. There is nothing that is more important than those three things. If you go, where those three things are not being emphasized, you are not in a church, you are in a cult or in a club or cultural association. That is what the whole gospel is all about. That's what God is all about. And that's what Christ is all about. The whole idea of Christianity is all about three things. Love, justice, justice, and truth. So the next thing we do, we, are, we emphasize in our church here, and Europeans love this, is to fight for causes, for just causes. Mm. So for example, if you see people yes, who are... Yes. So why did I, for example, to confirm the Nigerian churches is because of justice. So I would rather choose justice mm. and truth than by mm. friendship with each other. You see, in uh, yes. Psalms mm. 82, the Bible says that there was a scenario there where uh, God the Almighty was gathering with his sons. And he was saying, the earth is shaking. The foundation of the earth is shaking. He said, because you people have refused to do justice. Justice, yes. yes. That's why the foundation... So when you see this order in anywhere in the economy, there are people who are children of God mm. that are refused to bring justice. When you see political uproar, when you see social upheaval, it's because the people, the sons of God, that they are called to bring justice to those areas, they have failed him. He said, oh man, he has redeemed you. He has saved you. What does he demand of you now? He said, justice. That's number so we do a lot of social works because of that. So the work you are doing with anti-rape movement, that is justice. Until somebody confronts it and exposes it, that thing will never stop. That is just that what God is for. And that's what church is supposed to be about. Church is not supposed to be about money at all. Even the only reason churches should be collecting money should be to do justice. That is why when they collected the money and brought all the money to the feet of the apostles, they distributed to the people who don't have justice from the government, who don't have justice from the social system, who don't have economic justice, who don't have position, who are not known. That's why God always said, the widows, the orphans, the fatherless, the, 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 the strangers, our priority. Why? They are the people who are most deprived. They need justice. If you go and read Psalm 82, it will blow your mind. 
They, if even, they even in James, it's a pure religion. In fact, the whole yes. purpose of religion is yes. to take care of these of these people, yes. the, the the orphans, the fatherless, the the uh, the, the, the the widows and things like that. That is purely there's no religion outside of that. If you don't have, if your church is not focused, I'm not saying like uh, Elenche is doing now and something once in a year or, or your birthday or Christmas. To go and buy bottles of rice, I mean bags of rice and, and yam and be distributed and be drink and call press conference. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that is the whole essence of your existence. Mm. That is the whole centrality of the church. Mm. 80% of what is coming to you should be used to bring justice, love, the touch of God's love, and truth to the society. Mm. And when mm. So those are the things that the Europeans like those things. That's why Amnesty International, they are European things. They are white people. People who come to Africa to come and distribute food, to go and do something, they are white people. That is what their original faith, before they all, you know, vaccinated, uh, that is what the Protestant faith and the Protestant ethic is all about. It's truth, no justice, and the touch of God's love. So love truth and justice. These are the things that, that even the Christian, even people who are not born again in Europe, we say they don't go to church. But for me, they are more Christians. Mm. They are all the Nigerian. In fact, I did a video uh, last week that I said, no, last month, that I said, why I respect Bill Gates more than your Jews. I respect yes, I you, Bill Gates more Jews. I respect mm. unbeliever un uh, Europeans than all Christians in Nigeria. I don't see Christians in Nigeria, but I see Christians in Europe who never go to church. Mm. Don't go to church. I see Christianity in them. I see mm. God in them. I see more God in them. Eh? If you have related with white people, you will see. Mm. In fact, you will be seeing Jesus. What mm. you never see among people go to is because the foundations and the fundamentals of the teachings in Africa doesn't have anything to do. With Christianity, it has a little bit of syncretism, a mixture of Christianity in the name of Jesus, the Bible, Father in the name of Jesus, God will do this, God, all kind of laws, lingua, Christian lingua, but the essence of it doesn't have anything Christianity. So they mix everything together, but they mix it together with our old traditional African traditional beliefs. So it is African culture. Traditional belief, everything mixed together in the name of Christianity. It's called syncretism. That's what we're practicing. Or sometimes it is paganism or neo-paganism, but we call them church. Mm. Well, Dr. Lenaja, we, 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 we are far above time, you know, but I allowed it to happen because I thought this was a very important conversation. Now I understand better. When you talk about love, I understand the mission to speak boldly so that from that boldness, Nigerians here can learn boldness and can understand what it should... You know, just listening to you, I'm like, you know, I spent some time reading about the life of the early church. And I'm like, you know, the church wasn't meant to be yet another political institution, you know, exercising power over people. The church was supposed to be the corrective, a space where people who had been excluded could find community, support, and growth, you know, the way you've painted it is so apparent to me why the church was needed in the first place. I thank you so much for joining me today. And now I can boldly say I thank you for the work that you are doing. I thank you so much for joining me.
questions. Thank you. And I will be in touch. And I think that we'll have many more conversations in the future. My pleasure.